friends. It's that time again. Time to try and find them balls. Here we go. Jeff Stuckey in the shotgun position. Greg Allen, welcome back from what seems like the fucking eternal vacation. <laughs> How the fuck long were you gone? I know. It, it About two weeks, it just seemed like forever because it was a whole different worlds, you know? Like too long? Was that too long of time? Or No, it wasn't. It wasn't? No. <laughs> uh, it did feel weird coming back, but... You know, being on the beach in January just is a good experience. I think that's that's our new annual thing. Yeah, when you say it like that, it seems like that would be a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it appears that the, the uh, segment Small Talk with Greg may be on the chopping block because we created some collateral damage for you. I, yeah, I've had people come up to me and say, now this isn't Small Talk, but, and then tell me something and then have small talk yeah and i'm thinking no please stop you know right but which was the whole problem in the first place we're trying to get you to open up and like make it palatable and then now we got people yeah and i actually i didn't know whether i I supposed to respond or not i'm not making if they say i'm not making small talk i'm thinking okay so should i not respond yeah the only person that has to say that is the person that is making small talk so we'll have to i don't know we'll see we'll (laughs) Well, see what i could uh, take some more training but all right, we'll we'll keep that. In. We'll take all things under consideration. But uh, I'm still just now making, I think, some kind of sense of our previous conversation mm-hmm. with Dontel. Oh yeah, that was that was powerful. I mean, did that fuck with your circuitry at all? <laughs> just knowing the power that that young man had is scary, you know. I mean, he he wielded it well, so that's good. Yeah, you don't think. I mean, when you're sitting two feet from him, you don't think this is someone that could just fucking snap my neck. And like, it's just, (laughs) but I mean, just his, I hate to use the word charm because charm almost has like a manipulative connotation Mm -hmm. to it, but just his his overall presence Mm -hmm. and how disarming his presence is yeah yeah and hopefully i mean what any particular takeaway for you from that conversation well i've you know we've said before that the the man that um you know the real man is not the one that's weak that doesn't have the power to harm you but the one that is strong and has the power to harm you but restrains it you know and so yeah we can talk about that but to actually be sitting in a room with somebody that says, you know, if he if he chooses, I may not walk out of here alive. Right. <laughs> and to know that, that that's not a concern because he's fully restrained, you know, I mean, in his mind. One, one of the things that I have contemplated for a very long time, um, it's a Jordan Peterson. I, I don't know that, I don't think Peterson, I don't think this is a Peterson quote. I think he's quoting somebody, but... Mm-hmm. The essentially the the quote is most men are not good men, most men are cowards, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is something that has always been kind of, uh, you know, like okay, am I am I a good guy or am I just a fucking coward? Right, right, right. right. But then you have a conversation with somebody like Dantel, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, he ain't no fucking coward. Yeah, right. I mean. And to come from his experience to that, I I mean, what? I mean, I'm still like trying to, I can't fathom what a minute, I don't think I could survive a minute of that. 
Yeah. I piss myself to death, I think. <laughs> just like, I can't stop pissing. I, I, just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have absolutely no frame of reference mm-hmm. for that kind of environment, much less surviving that kind mm-hmm. of a, environment. Mm-hmm. But then going back to the Peterson quote, we've taken coward in the instance of Dantel, we have taken cowardiceness out of play. Like that's not. Yeah. So for him to come from where he was and have the amount of power that he had mm-hmm. and to what I th- would in comparison be a, a humble existence. Yeah, that's a good word. And I, I have another buddy that he was uh, special forces in the Marines. Mm-hmm. And when, and I'm, he'll be on sooner or later. Um, but it just an incredible story. And I remember him, some of the conversations that he and I had. And one of the things that he said that I had never taken into consideration for but he's like when you're in the fucking special forces and you come home mm-hmm. and you're used to the stimulation of the violence of war yeah what do you replace that with right. and that was what he described was his biggest struggle was i'm used to the stimulation of fucking war mm-hmm and then I come home to a nine to five. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. do you think that that's just a simple transition from, mm-hmm. and it was a bumpy ride for him. And I don't want to go into the details because it'll be much more interesting uh, when we hear it from him. But that's like another piece with Don Tell. It's like, how, how do you yeah, the transition? just like, now you live in the suburbs? Like, <laughs> like is there an itch there that I need, like, I just need, I don't know. So I think, uh, what, a I, again, one of the single most astounding individuals I have ever talked to. And there's so many clinical aspects of his story. Of course you, you, I'm assuming, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. You and Dantel would look at it more from a spiritual standpoint, which Mm -hmm. cool with that. But then you look at it clinically and it's like, some of this shit just doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) And what an inspiration for anyone that wants to change anything in your life. You got no fucking excuses right now. Right. Cause Dantel is like, (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Yeah. He's done it. So yeah, we encourage our listeners to check out the, podcast on Don Tell if you didn't listen to it and then he'll be back. So yeah, many we'll times he one. has given me a yeah. open open pass so we look forward to having him back. So yeah. uh what are, what are we what are we pitching today? Yeah, so today we might be going a little deeper than normal. Uh we want to look at I'll call it a, a meaning for life, a purpose, a reason to exist. <laughs> uh we want to look at what would be our, our reason to get up and and our guiding um strategies i guess throughout the day and what i wanted to do is start with a a description from solomon where he talks about what he tried and then i want to you know kind of see what how what he tried how that worked for him and then maybe we could offer some other ideas you know oh yeah that's (laughs) unless his his work sure 
<laughs> Solomon didn't work out, but I'll come up with something right. that... Uh, well, that's the point, Jeff. We're stuck with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have to figure something out. <clears throat> uh, but he said to himself, come now, I will test you with pleasure. So enjoy yourself. He started with that. I'm in. I know, I know. And uh, so some of the things he tried were, uh, of course, laughter. And he said, and uh, I explored how to stimulate my body with wine. I built homes for myself. I built gardens and parks. I bought a male and female servants. Um, I, I provided myself with all the pleasures of men, uh, including many concubines. Anything that my eye desired, I did not withhold. Um that sounds and, fucking awesome. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, it, it wouldn't be enough in itself, but it certainly sounds like a good start. I'd like start. to try. Yeah. So, um, as you know, it turned out for him that he's thinking, okay, so that didn't work. It was futile. These things didn't end well. It wasn't the answer. Yeah, but that's not really fair, right? Because I just have to take his word for it. Well, you could try it yourself. I mean, I'm right? I think I've, <laughs> we, that, like, it deserves to be tried. <laughs> Give it a shot. Well, yeah. I don't have his cash flow. If okay. I had his cash flow. So if you wanted to just check this and say, hey, you know what? That's exactly what I'd have said. Everybody go try that. I don't think you would. Uh, and I would like your opinion on it because when I look at your life, you know, you've, you've dedicated yourself to several things, you know, to your family. You're obsessed with raising your kids in a way that they're, um, responsible on their own, you know, they don't need you to, to continue on in life. You know, you've worked that well, you're devoted to your practice, to learning, to helping people. So I, I guess I'm wondering, is it a, a matter of putting all those components together to make it meaningful uh, to where like Solomon would have said, Hey, that's good. Or is it focusing on one or two and then letting the other ones kind of just follow up? I mean, I, I don't know. I just want your input on that. I've got several thoughts going. For me, my beginning point was I had to figure out what I believed. Mm -hmm. And I, that sucks. Yeah. You know, who wants that responsibility? Right. You know, we want to, I want somebody else to tell me what I should believe, <laughs> right? What should I, what's the right thing for me to believe? Yeah. And there, and, and I'm saying this and I can't, emphasize how critical this is i had to take fucking responsibility mm -hmm. for my life mm -hmm. and decide what i believed and and for me it started in a pretty simple place actually um i was in the process of kind of disentangling myself from religious belief mm -hmm. But I remember there was one, I didn't, when I was in religion, Christianity in particular, <laughs> okay. I didn't understand Bible study. I didn't understand what the hell I was supposed to be doing. Okay. Um, and it's like I would read stuff and I'd journal and outline and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I remember at one point in time, I read this verse, I think it was Paul wrote it somewhere and it said, as much, it might have been Jesus, I don't know, you, you would be more familiar. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with all oh, men. right, right. And I remember reading that verse and being struck by it. And I'm done studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm committed 
to doing this. Yeah. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not doing this to try to get to heaven. I'm not doing this for any other thing. I believe that this is the right way to live. So I am going to start living that. And then I started finding that, you know, Buddhism, part of Buddhism, the belief is that life is suffering mm-hmm. and there is only meaning in suffering, the relief of suffering, that where the meaning of life is when we are sensitive to the suffering and we relieve that suffering. And that sometimes I'm going to be on the receiving end of that, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. somebody's going to need to relieve my suffering and sometimes I'm going to receive, relieve their suffering, but it's just this dynamic exchange but I had to fucking believe it, right, for myself, and then I had to align my behaviors with that belief system. Mm-hmm. And that sounds simple, and it is simple, but simple and easy yeah. have nothing in common. <laughs> right. Because it's like I ha- I've been imprinted, right, with all of these certain beliefs that are just kind of, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's incoherent. It's almost just noisy. And I had to align my life with that belief. Mm-hmm. And the, the word that we use for Solomon's endeavors um, is hedonism. Mm-hmm. Do that. Do that, which gives you the most amount of pleasure, the least amount of pain. Yeah. Most yeah. amount of pleasure, least amount of pain. Most amount of pleasure. And so that's been studied clinically. And hedonism has it habituates, right? Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that French vanilla tastes like French vanilla on the first four bites, yeah. but the fifth bite just tastes like old vanilla. Right. 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 And we all know this experientially, that the the hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, that it's the wanting, right? That's mm-hmm. the fucking yeah. awesome part. Yeah, the yeah. getting right. seldom, if ever, lives up to that. Right, right. And hedonism is is doomed unless there are two other components. And those two other components are the psychological term is what we call flow. Mm -hmm. And flow is knowing what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. What do I contribute? What do I, what do I bring to the table? What are my strengths? What are, you know, what are my strengths? And there's, you know, in the, in the times that we live in now, there's an infinite number of ways to explore what your strengths are. But yeah. you got to do the fucking work. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and then the last one, right? So we have hedonism, we have flow, and then the last one is meaning. And meaning is flow in context. And meaning comes from aligning my strengths with the strengths of others Mm -hmm. and then getting an exponential return that Mm -hmm. we now are creating something bigger than any of us could create as individuals. Yeah. And 
so that and there there's a it, it it has gotten more sophisticated the the psychologist that really has has done a deep dive into this area is a guy by the name of Martin Seligman and he he'd be my personal Jesus mm. if I ever met Martin <laughs> I'd I don't know what I'd do <laughs> okay. say Martin can we be friends yeah, yeah, um yeah. and he has since it it's he has gotten it more sophisticated there's um an acronym called PERMA um and if you're, I, I, it's been a while since I've looked at that Google perma. Um, and, and there it's so rather than just hedonism flow and meaning, he divides it into those five categories okay. that, that provide a substantive experience, mm-hmm. but the highest level, right? The hedonism is addictive if the other two are not present. Oh, right, right. That's what yeah, that's what Solomon was talking about. Right. I think he you know, it's like meaninglessness, meaninglessness, all yeah. vanity of vanities, all right. is meaninglessness. Right, right. Right. Which he discovered through this pursuit of just pure pure hedonism. Right. I'm gonna if it's if it can be fun, it can you know, if yeah. if there's pleasure in it, I'm gonna pursue it. And and modern research validates that. It really does. It says that if you limit your life experience to just pleasure, then you're going to end up at the same place that Solomon did, which is it's just fucking meaninglessness. Right, right. Now, you may still be stuck in the addiction of it, right? I'm still in that hedonistic treadmill trying to pursue the pleasure yeah but it you are never yeah. going to get a return on that investment right, right. there's no settling out point in that so i think you might have brought up something i was going to ask you about with the the relationship component um, i heard you speak once and and talked about how important that was in a fulfilled life so it sounded like that was moving from flow to the meaning was where relationships came in right or how does that fit yeah it's um i was struck by this it's been several years ago um but it's called the harvard's men's study mm-hmm. and it's a longitudinal study they've done it for i don't know 75 mm-hmm. plus years and you know when when the study originated uh harvard was a all men's school and i mean since evolved that but and they asked men these are men right Mm-hmm. what was your overall quality of life and what contributed most to that overall quality of life? Mm-hmm. And for 75 plus years, the response have been had same correlation. The, the men that have reported the highest quality of life have attributed to that highest quality of life because I have friends who love me. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to that life is suffering. Mm -hmm. If you want to use a Buddhist orientation, right? That one of us is in suffering all of the time over, (laughs) overstatement. Right. Yeah. But when we're committed to that proposition of relieving one another's suffering, 
right? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, so we both start at a state of flow. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what Greg's good at. Mm-hmm. Then we tie those together. Now we're into meaning. Mm-hmm. For 75 fucking years, they've been asking <laughs> men this yeah. question, yeah. and the, the answer has been the same. Yeah. I have friends who love me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's, you know, you still have to think in those terms, right? I still have to do the work of mm-hmm. what do I believe? I still have to do the work of what is my flow? What do I have to offer? Yeah, yeah. And then where meaning in life is, is combining that with others and getting a return on that investment. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd been touched by um, a, a ceremony that I witnessed you know, many years ago, uh, and, it, and it was uh, formulated right after World War I, and they were encouraging young men to be patriotic and to care for their families and stuff. And the, and the phrase went, uh, may we rejoice uh, in every call to the relief of pain and alleviation of sorrow. That was in the ceremony, and that that just gripped me, you know. And and I kind of kept that all my life, thinking through that, but never knowing exactly why that was so important. I just knew that seems like a worthy goal, and I I passed that on to one of my daughters recently. Like if you know, like she was asking, you know, what what's the overall purpose here? I said, Look, people are suffering out there. It would be a noble cause to to pursue that. So I, I see now what you're saying is. I mean, since suffering is inevitable and it's widespread, then that'll connect people and that'll give it give you purpose. Yeah, and and so you think about that, right? And you think about that in contrast to kind of our modern conceptions of like self improvement. Oh, right. How <laughs> just fucking self absorbed self improvement is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, most self-improvement program, this is why I fucking get all (laughs) in a bunch about life coaches and that kind of shit. There's good ones out there, but I'm throwing them all under the bus right now. (laughs) But it's like, that's not the model that, that we're generating. The model that we're generating is one of almost total self-absorption. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I mean, be rich is really what the focus is. I mean, it kind of has, it, it has some other kind of drippings to it, but the real, you know, it's like my best life ever, I'm going to be in the best shape and I'm going to be the, this, and I'm going to be with that. And it's like, what, one of the things that as a atheist, right, is I'm when I die, I'm done. Like I don't have to keep going to infinity. I get to just go back into the energy of the universe. Right. But one of the things that that belief system affords is that the only thing I have right now is this fucking minute. Mm -hmm. Like this is it like, which then causes me to be much more present in this moment. Right, Right. I'm much less distracted by what even the goals that I'm pursuing, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's not that's not what drives my life. That is, you know, the goals that I have set for myself are not what drive my life. What drives my life is my belief system 
as much as it depends on you live at peace with all men or, you know, whatever version you want to put that in. But then being present in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's why most people are so unhappy right now because we are not present. Oh, right. You know, you went to the Eric Church concert, you know, Mm -hmm. what percentage of the people were watching the concert through their fucking phone? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like the dude is standing right there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Beads of sweat drip. Like put your fucking phone. Like we can't be present Mm -hmm. in anything. Mm -hmm. And then it gets even more toxic when you see a family sitting around a table and everybody's on their phone or you see a couple sitting at dinner and, you know, they're not even acknowledging each other because they're, and, and I, you know, it's tough. I have to, I have to have a program for myself Mm -hmm. to manage my device. Mm -hmm. Like I have very, very strong parameters on when I can and when I cannot be on my phone. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the weekends, like I put the motherfucker down, Mm -hmm. like I put it on, do not disturb the only people that can get through to me or my kids. And it's like, no YouTube, no reading, (laughs) no, like I have to stay away from that because it's such a distraction from being present Mm -hmm. in the moment Mm -hmm. that I'm in. Yeah. And we have to have a, we have to have a specific plan for fighting that Mm -hmm. because it's, Oh yeah. Those fucking phones are crazy, man. They'll do anything. I know. I know. Yeah. I had a, a gift, uh, in, in that sense, and then I, I got a new phone because when I switched employers, <laughs> I don't have the phone from the previous one, and I get a new one, and I don't have it set up right. It's a new phone. It's I don't really care just to set it up. And uh, and then over the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been on vacation and visiting family and all that, so I get this screen reminder, screen time notification saying you've been on your phone 11 minutes a day for the last five days or whatever. It's like, wow. Okay, that's a win right there. That's extraordinary. You know? <laughs> Dude, those are gaudy numbers right I know, there. I know, compared to what it was a month ago or two months ago. Wow. You know? I think like, mine's like uh, four hours a day. Yeah. And actually, so. I got a phone call this morning from one of my daughters, and I it, it rang, and I didn't answer And after a while. I go, oh, that was my phone, because I haven't heard it ring in two what? weeks. What? <laughs> You know, it's wow. like, yeah, it dude, if we could go back to fucking landlines and answering oh, machines, I know. Oh, take yeah. me back, yeah. please. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so those are just kind of that's your nut scratcher for the day. On the <laughs> you got for your own mental health, yeah. you have to have an active strategy for your devices that you're holding yourself to because those. <laughs> so when I, when I hear you talk about uh, being at peace. I, 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 I've seen you do that. So I know you, you do that. You, you strive for that. Um, but there are times that you can't do that. You know, there are times where that just doesn't fit the circumstances or there's a, I'll say a, a higher purpose than just getting along, you know? Um, I mean, have you learned to manage that? Cause I know you're not a man that would back down from it. Yeah. I don't even, I don't think being at peace is a personal goal for me. And I'll tell you why, because I think it's a misnomer because all of all of our emotions are useful. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've really had to teach myself to do is welcome all of my emotional experiences. Okay. Yeah. And now I, 
so what I said was a little bit of a half truth because I'm at peace feeling all of my feelings. Okay. And have developed a curiosity of what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And I, I think that is incredibly important because particularly given the emphasis on positivity in our culture today, that we're supposed to be just fucking (laughs) romantic, happy all the time. It's, which is just nonsense. And if I'm feeling anxious, right, that serves a purpose. Now, maybe that I'm out of balance. Maybe that I haven't meditated enough in a while mm-hmm. that I need to put some time back into meditation. If I'm feeling depressed, right, or just sad, whatever that is, mm-hmm. maybe that sadness is something lacking. Maybe I'm not close. Maybe I don't feel close to my spouse. Maybe I don't, you know, maybe I. Maybe my kids aren't as connected as I want them to be or any number of things, but learning to be curious about those emotional experiences and not judging them or like I shouldn't be feeling this because the second that I do that, right? Right. If I start to feel anxious and then I'm judgmental, I shouldn't be feeling this versus curious. I wonder I I've, got to understand why I'm feeling anxious, mm-hmm. then if I say I shouldn't be feeling anxious, then I'm headed to my doctor and he's going to write me a script, <laughs> right? And then I'm just going to start numbing out that emotional experience. Yeah, yeah. But then when I'm curious, and this was critical, and I can tell you where where this came to be for me, because I used to do a ton of um, – expert testimony in high conflict divorce. So, you know, parents that are using their children as pawns in their Mm -hmm. relationship. And it was brutal. I mean, it's brutal work. And I finally got to the point where I started to get anxious. I was having a lot of anxiety. And in the beginning, I just was like, I'm not, why am I anxious? I was, you know, but then I had to develop a curiosity into that. Mm Mm-hmm. What am I, what is giving me so much anxiety? And if I, if I hadn't done that, right, if I would have circumvented the process and just said, you know, and I can, I mean, I could fucking text my doc and say, Hey, I need this drug. And I'm not saying there's not times that that's not appropriate, but if I would have done that, I'd still be doing that. I'd still be in those courtrooms just it just and I, my shelf life for that work was done and I have moved on yeah. and now I do have a peace as a result of being curious of those emotional experiences and that's one thing that um you know and through man made we we aim to do mm-hmm. is help men know what that means yeah to be curious about their emotional experiences and not judge them and and follow those emotions to their cause and get good so they can solve it yeah all the subtle differences you know right you mentioned uh depressed or sad you know i mean there's various things in there various degrees so if i've only got a handful (laughs) i really don't know what i'm feeling so i need several dozen right and good and bad is a sufficient, insufficient emotional paradigm. We, we have to be oh. more sophisticated than that. Okay, Jeff. So we, we've understood that the pure hedonistic approach is not going to cut it. 
uh, and and we, we've heard that bringing in flow, you know, getting it what you're good at, and then even meaning by uh, seeing how that fits the the whole of society or how you can interact with another person uh, helps out. Uh, what, what we'd like to know is what can I do today it, to to sort that out so that getting up in the morning is worthwhile. You know, what, what steps can I take? Jordan Peterson says, you know, if you don't know where to start, make your bed. Mm-hmm. And that's an action, yeah, right? Because if you make your bed, then you start to trust yourself with, if I can make my bed, I can define myself, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, it needs to be actionable so yeah. you start to build some self-trust mm-hmm. when your alarm goes off get the fuck up yeah like there's no so a lot of the things that we have talked to, to about up to this point have been what we call abstractions mm-hmm. right self-belief those kinds of things you have to start you have to do something to develop self-trust okay and those have to be behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the epiphanies for me was, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men, right? So that's an abstraction. What the fuck does that mean, Jeff? <laughs> so the action that I had to assign to that was I had to start being nice to people. Mm-hmm. Like doing that, like, hi there, how are you today? Mm-hmm. If I had the choice between putting my head down and ignoring somebody mm-hmm. or looking up and greeting them, and this is where most men struggle. They don't take the abstract yeah. to the actionable. Right, right. So if you don't have a daily routine, if your routine is just all fucked up, yeah. right, and it's like I stay up later than I should, I don't get up as early as I want to, any of those kinds of things, it it doesn't matter, but it has to be concrete. It has to be an action mm-hmm. so that my life is aligning with that. And what's the most critical right, is I keep the commitments that I make to myself. Yeah. That is the, in the beginning point, if you make a commitment to yourself, do not buy your own bullshit. (laughs) If you want to get up, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. It sucks. It sucks. There is no non-suck getting up at four (laughs) o'clock in the morning. I've been doing it for a long time. It sucks. Don't ask me the trick because there ain't no trick. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. But I do it anyway. Now, that's a commitment that I've made mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. So whoever you are, whatever you, you're, you've got shit. You've got commitments that you're making to yourself that you are breaking all the fucking time. Right. I don't know what they are. But you've got, you you probably have more actions. I'm going to do this, and you don't. Yeah, yeah. Pick one. Yeah. Don't pick a hundred. Pick one. Yeah. And and do it. Fight like hell for it. Right. Whatever it is, every damn day 
or hour of the day, whatever it is, there's no quick easy, okay? Right, right. There's not something that's just going to be like, oh, that's pixie dust. That No, <laughs> it's not going to be that. Right. Pick that one thing and fully commit to it and honor it. And then when you honor that one thing, mm-hmm. then the next action, mm-hmm. and then the next action... And when you do those things, when you stop lying and deceiving to your, yeah. yourself, yeah. then you'll be able to trust yourself to know what you believe. Mm-hmm. But it has to start with you not buying your own bullshit anymore. You Because you're lying to yourself in certain areas. I don't know. Maybe you're a dick to your kids or you're mean to your... I don't know what it is. But you've got things yeah. that you're saying, I shouldn't be doing though these you got to fucking deal with that first yeah. and start with a small one and get it freaking right right and the, the beauty of it is you don't have to pick the most important one the best one don't because you'll right because you don't out over that. you've got well and you've got no self-trust right yeah you nothing yeah. And that's why Peterson starts with make your damn bed, right? Because yeah. you can do that. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you can fully make your, you can make a commitment to making your bed every day or whatever version yeah. of that. Yeah. But you, you've got to find one that's conquerable and you've got to conquer it. Mm-hmm. And until you do that, it's, it's you're going to, you're just, yeah. you're stay, you're going to stay in self delusion. Right. So trying to move to the point where you've established some kind of uh, underlying meaning, like in, in your case, be at peace as much as it depends on you, you can't get there until you've learned to trust yourself by doing those things. And a lot of hard work, right? Yeah, and I had to yeah. do a lot of behaviors. I mean, fuck, man, breaking up with the God of the universe and not going to church and changing my support system, all of those yeah. kinds of things. Guess what? There is no version of that that's fun. Right, right. Not a single one. Mm-hmm. But I had made several other choices up to that point where I trusted myself to deal with the really, really difficult things. Mm-hmm. And difficult things are difficult. There's no way to make difficult <laughs> things easy. Right, right. Give up on it. If yeah. something promises you that it can make the difficult thing easy, <laughs> save your money. They're lying to right, you. Difficult. Right. We have the word difficult for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't substitute another word there. No. <laughs> and and accountability is a good support for that, you know. And as we've mentioned before, we're willing to help with that. Reach out on Facebook or email us, check out our website, um, or just find a friend to say, hey, this is what I'm going to try and do. Uh, you know, check in on me. Now, it's still up to you. It's totally up to you to do it. But maybe a little accountability, and it's support. up to you. And it's up to you to be honest. But you have yeah. to start with being honest with yourself first. Yeah, that yeah. is the everything else that we talked about will crumble mm-hmm. without you being honest with yourself first. Yeah, learn to trust yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's good. I think we may have broken the Solomon curse. Like on, right there. Yeah. There you go. Here's that's the, it. Keys life to the universe. Congratulations. Life is no longer vanity, thanks to the show. <laughs> <There we shaman. go. laughs> All right. Well, uh, I want to thank our listeners, and I did want to invite them once again to the um, event coming up February the 7th. Uh, check it out on, on Facebook, Becoming Man Made Today. Uh, where, what are you going to talk about, Jeff? Uh, Valentine's Day is designed to fuck men over. Um, <laughs> okay. 
you know, because we can't win at that. Uh, so we're going to talk about how to win at Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, and but you can't win about. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> but then yeah. also how that then translates to your relationship yeah. on a day in and day out basis. Right. It's not about one day. It's about the whole thing. About the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Man-made.